Welcome. I'm Mandy, a former history teacher. And I'm Evita, a former mechanical engineer. We're both married with four kids, two two boys, boys, two two girls. girls. We're two young professionals turned stay-at-home moms, navigating all facets of homemaking one step at a time to help you become the mother and wife you are called to be. Hello, friends, and welcome to another bonus baby step. Today, I will be covering the topic of gratitude. With Thanksgiving right around the corner, we're going to hear the words gratitude and grateful in the next coming days. But what does it actually mean to live a life of gratitude and not just one day? It's not changing our situation. It's being content in our situation. I wanted to give a quote from St. Stanislas Koska who said, I find a heaven in the midst of saucepans and brooms. So lack of contentment leads to restlessness and restlessness leads to looking for contentment in all the wrong places. So if I just had this new outfit, if I owned a better car, if I had a better job, fill in the blank. Restlessness is not always a bad thing, but it can lead to ingratitude and blind us to the blessings we already have been given. And one of my favorite quotes is from St. Augustine who says, our hearts are restless, O Lord, until they rest in you. So again, that restlessness, you know, looking for things to make us happy and then always being disappointed in that. So how can we go about becoming content and grateful for what we do have? And the following I've taken from a really, really awesome book. I highly recommend for recommending it to me, but it is called The Willpower Advantage. It's a newer book and it just has so many beautiful things in it. It's very insightful, but gives you very pragmatic steps to become a better person, to uh, grow in virtue. And it does so by looking at your temperament and saying like, what are your virtues and vices? So anyway, this is taken from this book and there's just so many good nuggets here. So number one, how do we be more grateful is one, count your blessings. So rid yourself of the notion that you deserve certain things. An overly prideful view of ourselves can make us feel entitled to certain luxuries instead of realizing that that's exactly what they are, luxuries. We owe our gratitude to God and others for our blessings, not ourselves. And that's why they are called blessings. So practical ways to become more humble is you can practice this maxim to yourself. One is as much as he is in the sight of God and no more. And that's from Thomas Akempis in um, Imitation of Christ. Dave Ramsey, oh, I know I always bring him in. I'm a listener of him, so... He's got some nuggets too. But anyways, he always responds when asked how he is doing better than I deserve. So let's try and focus on our blessings instead of what we don't have. And we don't have to wait for Thanksgiving Day. You can do a nightly examine where you look at your day retrospectively and see where those blessings are, even on the worst of your days. And sometimes just acknowledging those will help you be more cognizant of everything you've been given. So where do you start? Maybe you have a really rough day and you're like, I don't even know what I'm grateful for. Well, start with your body. Imagine if you didn't have the ability to walk, your limbs, your senses. How much harder would life be? So I did this recently. I was washing the dishes while holding a baby, so I only had one hand. I'm like, oh my gosh, this would be so hard if I didn't have two hands. I am so grateful I have two working hands. So anyway, just 
being for the very simple things that we have and then move to your home. You have food, you have clothes, you have gadgets. You know, my dryer broke the other week and I realized what a blessing it is to have something that dries all the clothes that we go through in an hour or under. And praise God for the good things in your life and the joy they bring you and others. Number two, thank God and others regularly. So when Jesus cured the 10 lepers, only one Return to thank and praise him. In order to be in the habit of thanking God and others, we need to start with the little things. So pray for a green light and then thank God when you get it. And don't forget to do that part. Thank God when you get it. There's a joke that goes, a man prayed and prayed for a parking spot. And when he saw one, he said, never mind, I just found one. So how many times do we ask God for things, but we forget to thank him as soon as he sends them our way? So really making that extra effort to thank God and other people for what they do for you on a regular basis. Number three, realize that even the ugly things in your life are a blessing. All your experiences have formed you and made you the person you are. And it's easy to be grateful in times that bring us great joy, like a birth of a child, a new job, graduation. But it's harder to be grateful in times of trial. There's a Laura Story song that is, um, the lyrics are, blessings come through raindrops and your healing comes through tears. And that's so true. Sometimes the worst times are shaping us for the better. So a recent example I've had of this, my car needed a bunch of repairs that cost a lot of money. And it took a long time to complete. And then my dryer broke and my daughter had thrush again. She got it back all while my husband was out of town. And at first I fell into this woe is me mentality. But then I thought, what is the deeper purpose in this? What is this teaching me? And a few things I discovered from these experiences was one, I really, really need my husband. And he's such a blessing to me and my kids. Two, dryers are the best things ever. Three, I can't fix everything. I had to buy a new dryer. I tried to fix the old one, um, but I'm not, I'm not invincible, right? I, sometimes I fail. Four, I may not love my car and wish I had a different one, but it is able to fit all of my kids and take us places that bring us joy. So being able to have that freedom to just pack my kids up and go where we want, what a blessing is that? And you forget about it until it's gone. So after kind of viewing things in that way, I found after shifting my mindset like that, I could actually laugh at all of this and remain calm. And St. Peter echoes that in 1 Peter 5.10. He says, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will restore, establish, and strengthen you. So again, you'll find great joy when you look at those ugly things as even blessings, that they're serving a purpose, they're doing something good, even though they may seem really bad at the time. Number four, know your temperament to focus your path to gratitude. So if you're a cleric and if you don't know your temperament, I highly suggest looking into them. They're, they're kind of helpful in discovering your strengths and weaknesses, but a cleric in order to see their strengths as gifts and to appreciate the gifts of others, clerics need to counteract their pride by training themselves in humility. They need to reflect frequently on all that they have been given. They need to accept their limits and failures and truly appreciate those who contribute their gifts and invest their time in helping them accomplish their goals. 
Clerics are fundamentally challenged by humility and need to practice this virtue in order to thank God and others. So if you're a cleric, that's what you need to strive for is that humility. For sanguines, sanguines are naturally thankful for all that they have, especially the people in their lives. However, they tend to seek out new things and experiences to the detriment of their contentment with which they already have. So sanguines need to deepen their appreciation of the gifts that God has given them. They are fundamentally challenged by perseverance and need to cultivate gratitude in order to stay the course with their most important commitment. So if you're a phlegmatic, phlegmatics tend to be dispassionate and logical, which means that their gratitude may come from a sense of obligation rather than heartfelt appreciation. They also may hesitate to accept gratitude and expression of thanks from others. They will often downplay their own gifts and contributions. So phlegmatics are challenged by the virtue of great heartedness and need to cultivate, cultivate gratitude for the gifts they have and can share with others. And lastly, if you're a melancholic, Melancholics are prone to exaggerate problems and challenges, and they often fail to see trials as gifts and opportunities to grow. They may focus on what they lack rather than being thankful for what they have. Melancholics are fundamentally challenged by initiating actions and taking risks. In order to develop the virtue of gratitude, they need to reflect on their gifts and talents and how God is already using them. They also need to learn how to be thankful for their limits and challenges, failures and trials by seeing how God brings good out of them. And I want to end. So those are the four things to cultivate your gratitude and, and get on a track of living a more grateful life and not just this coming Thanksgiving, but every day. So I want to leave it with this. This is a German mystic Meister Eckhart in the 13th century said, quote, if the only prayer you said your whole life was thank you, that would suffice. So just the power of gratitude. So let this Thanksgiving not be a superficial idea of gratitude and turkeys and, you know, saying we're grateful for things, but not really feeling it, but actually a real effort to cultivate this virtue and practice it every day. And with that, happy Thanksgiving, friends. You got this, Mama. And don't forget, God walks among the pots and pans. See you next time.